Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper in the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, the macabre, New England's own Van Helsing. And with me, all the way from the land of the many snow piles, is <laughs> the blonde bombshell herself, Ann Kerrigan. Oh, hello. How are you? Oh, yeah. We have many snow piles, as I'm sure you do. You got a cold? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm starting to get a little cold. Yeah, because we can hear you. Yeah, well, not you're that bad. On, you're sniffling on the air. I am not. Somebody I am is. Not. It's Somebody just is. my, it's just my, um, I had a busy weekend, so it's just catching up with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Whatever. And a lot of snow, so. All right, you say so. Yeah, so thankfully I, I had my face painting conference this past weekend in Connecticut. Actually, it was five days, but uh, who's counting? And uh, snuck out of Connecticut just before the snow, so it all worked out. Snuck in before the snow and snuck out before the snow. There you go. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, it's weird. My computer just is not working. I think those damn little leprechauns are in it again. Oh, no. They're wreaking havoc. Yeah, they don't like me talking about them. <laughs> ah, there we go. All right. All right. So, anyways, we got a great show because this week is... Uh, St. Patty's Day. Yay! Which is like a national holiday in, in Boston, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. I'm having the family over, so. Yeah, there you go. I mean, well, with a name like Carrigan, what the hell? Hey, I know, right? Yeah, there how, you go. How, how can you deny that? We have to have a party. So I guess with all the snow here, the, the old St. Patrick's Day parade is having a little problem, too, I guess. Oh, no. Damn. Oh, no. Find, try to find a new route, I guess, or something like that. Every, bartend, every bartender in South Boston is now sobbing. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. Uh, There's no little snow is going to keep the Irish from their bar, <laughs> from the pubs. Anyways, somebody who knows all about this stuff that I'm attempting to talk about is uh, someone all the way from the beautiful Emerald Isle. And that sounds so cliche, but it is. Uh, Jackie Hines. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Ron. Hi, Anne. How are Hi. you both? Doing good. well, thank you. Good, good. We've had snow here too, and we're expecting another blast of snow. But unlike yourselves, the whole country grinds to a standstill when we have snow. Right. So, <laughs> what? So we're, we're emerald today, the Emerald Isle today. Possibly tomorrow, maybe not Saturday or Sunday. We won't be <laughs> You know, it's weird. It's, we lose power and everything else. I mean, I, some poor people have been, t- they lose it for so so many days, and it's it's so sad. But, uh, you know, they, everybody, you know, you don't really hear too many people complaining. They just, like, suck it up and, oh, well, it's New England. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, be 60 to, it'll be 60 tomorrow or Saturday or something, yeah, and it'll all melt. Then yeah. it'll snow again, and it'll all yeah. melt. It's it's spring. That's our spring. It was actually melting today. 
Yeah. Oh, a lot yeah. of it melted. Yeah, today. a lot of it melted today. Yeah. And, and, and the sun and the sun is actually uh, we're getting the same intensity of sun as we would be on uh, September 29th. Really? Uh, which, which happens to be spare, of course, by the way. But that's beside there the point. There you go. Uh, anyway, well, that's, yeah. that's good to know because my tulips are, you know, the tulip leaves, they're ready. You know, they're out. So now they're poking through the snow because they melted so much today. Oh, wow. <laughs> so anyways, uh, it is St. Patrick's Day, which is a big, big deal in, in New England, especially Boston. And uh, uh, so... We brought Jackie on to, to tell us a little bit about. First thing I wanted to know was about St. Pat. And I, she was a little reluctant to talk about St. Patty, and I couldn't understand why. So I'm going to have to ask you, Jackie, how come you were reluctant to talk about St. Patty? Me? I was yeah. reluctant. Oh, I seem so. It seems so, young lady. Ah, no. <laughs> you always ask me very strange questions that I feel I might not have the answer for while I'm frantically flicking through pages here. So, oh gosh, no, the Irish are always very happy to talk about St. Patrick. I've just seen a Facebook post from Dublin Airport asking us all to, to uh, remind our American friends that, uh, and apparently we've been asked in Ireland as well, we're not to call it St. Paddy's Day were to give it its official title of St. Patrick's Day. Okay. We've been reminded that uh, they don't call it St. Davies Day in Wales or St. Andy's Day in, <laughs> in England, so we're to call it by its official title. Okay. And I'll even Dublin Airport have gotten in on it as well. So. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, Jackie, I'd be happy to call it St. Patrick's Day if you could just pronounce the T-H as T-H instead of duh. So, uh, how about that? You, you pronounce it this actually. You have you, actually you have us there on that one. Yeah, uh, you do. <laughs> I concede that one. Patrick? No, it doesn't. Path? No, it doesn't sound right at all, does it? No, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> we, we have an Irish priest in our parish, which uh, is—he's a great guy. I absolutely love him, and uh, he does not permit. Per, now it's his T's and his H's. It's always D. So instead of other, we get other, which, <laughs> which is kind of funny in some of the sermons, among other things. But why? Did, let me ask you that question because it's kind of curious. I mean, we're, we're both English-speaking people. Um, you probably better than me, but uh, yeah, most likely. Yeah, most likely. But what? How? How come? How does something like that happen? You know, I mean, like you, all, we always hear about the Chinese can't pronounce their eyes and stuff. But it, it, do you have any idea how that happens? I mean, is it is it a th ever not? It's always pronounced as a d in Ireland. I'm going to put my primary teacher hat on now and go. Not pronouncing ths bugs the daylights out of me. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my very few pet peeves which is the th um so we have in, in my class we have the, the smallies going this that these those that's the way the th goes um, yeah. so <laughs> are a bugbear. um but i was talking to a lady about the ths actually during the week and she said oh yeah i had a, a, a lecture in in college and he said to me sure you're all from wexford you never pronounce your ths down there so I think you've stumbled across something there, Ron. And yeah, I don't know. It, but it sounds so. Um, when when your ear is attuned to it, you really hear the the th is not being pronounced. But 
we should have just a crusade, you know, in primary schools for to pronounce pronounce your th. Yeah, so, so this comes from the person who can't pronounce anything properly. This is true. This yes. is true. Yes. So, uh, but I, I was always curious. I, 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 you know, I mean, like I said, we have both English speaking uh, people, and I. It's curious. It must be something, and and we must go way back in history, evidently, that that uh, somehow uh, it, it was not spoken. It was, or it just that was the way it was pronounced at that time. But, Apparently, it only takes ten days to break a habit. So you know, if we started today, we could have it fixed by Easter. By, <laughs> by St. Patrick's Day. Perfect. So, uh, Perfect. No. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I just see as well all the pictures of they're, they're popping up on the 69 places around the world that are going to be greened for St. Patrick's Day. That's right. Oh. Well. Yeah. Yeah. And our, our Taoiseach is over with yourselves already. I think he's already arrived somewhere. He's in Washington tomorrow meeting Donald Trump. So. Oh, good, good, good. Oh, good. my goodness. Yeah. I hear Donald's going to die. his hair green for him. Oh. It can only be an improvement. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Whatever. Not and really. Our, our Taoiseach is extending or re-extending the invitation over to Ireland, so we might have Donald Trump over next year, apparently. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. That's, no, are you kidding me? <laughs> Best thing for Ireland. Uh, if we only keep him for three days, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I've looked at my 401k and I have no problems with Donald Trump at all. But anyways, oh, whatever. that's right. Uh, anyways, moving right along. You, um, we say Patrick, that's what we were talking about. And yes. So, so what is what is the uh, the legend of St. Patrick's? Yeah. Uh, we'll start so with I was, that. I was explaining to some of the children today that St. Patrick is the patron saint of Ireland. So how I explained to him was he's the top man in Ireland. Mm-hmm. We have uh, we have a we have another patron saint, St. Bridget. Her feast day is the 1st of February, but St. Patrick's is the 17th of March, which supposedly is the date on which he died. And some suggest also the date on which he was born. So whether oh, that was the case or not, yeah. Um, but born around 370 AD, but introduced Christianity to Ireland in 432 AD. So supposedly uh, the person who introduced Christianity to Ireland will gloss over the fact that it probably wasn't him. It was probably Palladius who was the first missionary to Ireland in 431, but we'll gloss over that because he doesn't sound nearly so impressive as being no. a saint. Mm-mm. We'll ignore that. All right. Um, possibly, uh, people, not too sure where he came from, could have been Scottish, but we certainly know that he lived for a time in Wales. He was taken prisoner at the age of 16 by a man by the name of uh, Niall Nae So there's your bit of Irish, Ron. Niall of Nine Hostages. Um, so he was an, an Irish chieftain who lived around Tara, which is in County Meath, which is just to the left of Dublin. Um, took him prisoner and sold him into slavery then for to herd sheep on the slopes of Sleeve Mish in County Antrim, which is up at the north of, of Ireland. Um, so he was doing this for six years. Um, while he was there, he was learning Irish and he had a, a he managed to escape and actually flee Ireland. And I live down at the very southeast of Ireland, mm-hmm. actually 
fled across a bridge in the parish. A parish is a little small um, district, the parish beside us in Kilmore. uh, And the bridge is still called St. Patrick's Bridge. And at low tide, you can see the bridge stretch out for many hundreds of meters out Hmm. uh, into the sea. So Patrick went out through there, met his family um, on the way to France, where he became a priest. And then in a dream was told that he needed to return to Ireland and save all us heathens and introduce Christianity. <laughs> and all which right. he duly did and came around, spent the next um, 30 years, 30, 40 years preaching um, Christianity to the Irish. And because we, you know, it wasn't quite clear to us what he was on about, he uh, decided he was going to use a shamrock for to explain the, the Holy Trinity. So the Father, uh, the Son, and the Holy yeah. Spirit. That's where the shamrock comes from there. Uh, uh, the, so each leaf being one representation of the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, so that's basically it in a nutshell. Then he took a dislike to the snakes. They seemed to have done something to him while he was out in Mayo. They kind of, you know, got on his nerves. And then he banished all of them as well while he was at it. Out you go. There you go. Out you go. Yeah. So we have the the three-leaf clover, which is the Trinity. And John in our chat room was wondering, where did the four-leaf clover come into this I think that's just to do with luck isn't it good luck <laughs> right. right did we throw an extra saint on there or I don't know <laughs> I, I, I'm not too sure on that one now the four leaf clover is just a symbol of luck right. um, and, and I'd say it's pro- possibly that it would be much rarer than the three leaf shamrock so for mm-hmm. to find one would be very lucky so I'd say it's it's the look comes from the fact that it would be rarer than the three-leafed shamrock. All right, there you go, John. Unfortunately, there's no mystery behind it. But I like the three-leaf clover explanation. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's interesting, too, is is I just learned that that, uh, Dublin, of course, was a Viking city, uh, and I was unaware of that. I, uh, I thought its roots were... Uh, you know, strictly Irish, but it, it originally it was a, a, as well as a couple of other larger cities were Viking yeah. cities. Yeah, Dublin. So Dublin, the Black Pond, Dublin, um, Waterford, next door to us here in County Wexford, Waterford, White's, uh, wa- the fjord of the water, wa- well, whatever water was in Viking. Um, we're in County Wexford, so White's Fjord, the fjord of who the, the Viking Wikes and Cork as well actually and Cork have stolen a march on Waterford Waterford would have claimed to have been the earliest Viking um, port in Ireland and Cork uh, in the last two months have discovered archaeology that is suggesting that their city or their, their city actually predates Waterford. Of course they did, um, yes. So, yep. <laughs> Rathlin Island up the north of uh, the country as well. Rathlin Island would have been occupied or um, invaded by the Vikings as well. So we have a lot of Viking settlement, particularly along the east coast of Ireland. Yep, lots of Vikings. And, of course, that, that all changed when uh, Strongbow came over. 
Well, you've jumped about 300 years there now, yeah, Ron, in I one know. go. Which <laughs> 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 gloss over the bit in the middle. <laughs> Strong book. So, wait, wait a minute, did I miss anything exciting that happened in the middle? Uh, what happened in the middle? Yeah, see? <laughs> uh, Vikings kind of settle, everything calms down, yeah. the landlord system takes over, um, Dermot McMorrow, who's the, the local chief in Wexford, yeah. gets, uh, he gets muscled out of the way a little bit, so he decides to trot off to France um, and seeks the assistance of Strongbow, who then comes in into Bano Bay, believe it or not, County Wexford, Here, let's do the tourism bit now. Um, so the whole you've heard of the wild atlantic way have have you no we haven't i have not your listeners have so from a tourism perspective we've carved up the country into two there's anything along the west coast that's called the wild atlantic way and that's proven really really popular um and then the east coast has been carved up into ireland's ancient east so um, all the history, the literature stuff is is kind of along the east coast. So in Wexford, um, we are designated the Norman Way. So Waterford would be the Vikings. Kilkenny would be the medieval um, city, anything sort of medievalish. And Wexford then are the Normans. So 1169, when Strongbow lands in Bano Bay, which is at the very south of the county, uh, joins up with uh, Dermot, Mac- uh, Dermot, uh, Dermot McMurray, marries his daughter Aoife, and then kind of tosses him out and goes, yeah, Grant, I'm in charge now. Oh, how oh, 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 nice. And, nice. And that's the Normans. That's the Normans in Wexford. They, they tend not to go much further than... Ferns, which if you imagine County Wexford in the southeast of Ireland, County Wexford is a bit like um, an oval in shape. So they don't really go much further than halfway up the oval. Um, and Enniscorthy really is the, the last town. I know we've talked, uh, Ron, many times about Enniscorthy Castle. Mm-hmm. Right. So Enniscorthy Castle. The, the original castle was actually a Norman fortification for Raymond Le Gros, who actually came in with Strongbow. Um, mm. And he had a gunship that paraded, uh, that, um, that sailed up and down the River Slaney, protecting his interests, which you I know, thought was a cool the, idea. The interesting thing, too, about the Irish, too, is, is, is how they were able to deal with a lot of invaders is that they simply married their daughters off and, and there were all different chieftains there so they had you know they would all give them legitimacy at that at, by doing that yeah that's it um that's it um I, i'm trying to think who was the phrase there was a phrase that they became more irish than the irish themselves yes that's right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, yeah. so my family would be furlong F-U-R-L-O-N-G, Furlong will be my mother's maiden name, and that will be a Norman name. Um, so we have two baronies. In, in Ireland, we have a structure where you would have the country, and then you would have the provinces that your listeners might be familiar with. So Ulster, Munster, Connacht, and Leinster. And then within each province, there would be counties. So County Wexford, County Waterford, County Wicklow. Um Within each county, then, there would be parishes. So they would be kind of like um, religious divisions, 
are uh, electoral divisions and then there will be with each towns and and then sorry the baronies above the parish but we have two baronies down the very south of the county that are called the baronies of Forth and Bargy F-O-R-T-H and B-A-R-G-Y Forth and Bargy and both of those would be really very Norman and would have had their own dialect um, called the Yola dialect um, which would which would have links back to the Norman so still we're still reflecting that Norman structure and that norm, those Norman family names um, mm-hmm. in this county. Yep. So Strongbow did um, brought a lot of change to to this county when yeah. he arrived in Banno Bay in 1169, which is why the whole county's tourism offering now is around the Normans. Right. They built castles. That was their big deal. So they went around building castles everywhere. Uh, <laughs> And nice th- ones. They're kind of nice to look at. And and when you're snowed in and your water's not working, I always thought the Normans were very intelligent having their guard robe. Do you know on the side of the castle, do you know what a guard robe is? No, I don't. No. What's that? How can I explain this politely? It's a, <laughs> it's a medieval latrine. Oh, yeah. Oh. Absolutely, yes. Okay. Yeah, so when you're when the flush is not working on your toilet, that's what the Normans had. <laughs> How did we get so far away from I things? don't know. It's yeah. Well, I remember a story about some some guy that was found with his uh came in and found the, another man with his wife and the, the guy escaped to one of those. Hmm. Right? Okay. That's what I heard. Time, yeah. His ghost is still there. We were talking about that one not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what show it was. Yeah, I remember but that. They're um, Norman castles. They're called keeps. Their Norman keeps would have had those such modern developments. Oh, my good, My goodness. Wow. There's now, a bit of archaeology. Yes. And now the... Uh, the uh, uh, the Normans wouldn't go too far west because it was still the wild territory out there, and they did establish a lot along uh, towards the coast with England. And I believe in, in the Dublin era, they had a, a, a like a zone, a live zone that was uh, under their control. I think, was it called the Perth or something? I'm not sure. The uh, Pale. The Pale. Thank you very much. I knew it began with a P. That's pretty good. The Pale. <laughs> I, yes. I love talking to you, Ron, because you tell me we're going to talk about one thing, and then we totally go off on a total tangent. Oh, I'm sorry. Always. I There's a great phrase still that still that we use. It's 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 beyond the pale. So if something oh. is like really, really, really extremely far out there, completely mad altogether, you'd say it was beyond the pale. I've heard that before. No, there you go. And um, so beyond the pale, um, so the pale was the the fortifications around Dublin city where all of the Vikings stayed inside it, and then everybody else was outside it. And to go outside of it was, you know, really to take your life into your hands nearly and go beyond the pale. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Wow. Yeah, there this you is, go. This has been, you know, really intriguing, uh, a, a interesting part of history of Irish history that very few people know about 
Well, I'll give you I'll give you another one, Ron, if you want. You know the phrase. Yeah, by because we'll, by we're gonna, we'll, we'll talk about Irish history uh, on this side of the break, and then on the break we'll talk right. what we talked about before. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. So carry on. I'll give you another one. So by hook or by crook. Yeah. <laughs> you know that phrase. Yes. Oh, oh, I think I know this one. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, it's got something to do with either a lighthouse, maybe, but a fort or something. Oh, God, I can't. Is it? Yeah, getting warmer. Getting oh, warmer. oh, I know it. I, I actually heard this. All right, tell me. The show everything, happens, everything happens in Wexford. So hook is hook head. Um, it's the peninsula. If you go back to that oval, now my oval has a little sticky out peninsula on it at the uh, bottom left. So down there is a lighthouse and that is Hook, Hook Head. And opposite that is Crook, a village by the name of Crook in County uh, Washington. And Henry Wallop, your man who had the castle in Enniscorthy, had fortifications on one side of the, the it, so it's, that's the estuary to the river Barrow. Um, so he said that you could go by hook or by crook. And that was it. Uh, oh, that and cool. the place to give somebody a wallop is named after Henry Wallop. <laughs> okay. Mm, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, we will talk about the other things after the break. So I, I still want to chit chat for a while. And, and I do want to mention something that uh, I, I enjoy quite a bit. And every year around this time on PBS in America, uh, you send over uh, Celtic Thunder or Celtic Thunder uh, to PBS. To, and I love that group. Uh, uh, are you familiar with them, Jackie, at all? Me? No. Are they a bit like River Dance? Oh, no, no. They're, they're all singers. They're all singers. They come from, uh, they've been doing this for 10 years. And they're excellent. They do a lot of the, the Irish ballads. And, uh, you know, they talk about drinking songs. And then they talk about, you know, love songs, and, uh, and, and but they mix up the show anyways, but they're excellent, and they always end the show with their uh, kilts on and uh, sing, and sing the uh, the national uh, anthem. Uh, I think it's, what, what, Janet, do you remember the name of that? Ireland, Ireland. Ireland something, oh, I, oh, they always sing it at the very something like that. Oh, what's the what, 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 Ron? We got to take a break. What's what? Yeah, that's fine. What's what's the national anthem? Aaron Vian. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> we can talk about that one if you want. All right, we'll be back after the uh, break. You'll listen to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. We'll be right back. Harry Price, I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. While well, mustache, I am required elsewhere on something called a K2, 
But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Anne. And in honor of St. Patrick's Day, our special guest from Ireland, folklorist Jackie Hines. Hello again. Hello. <laughs> Here we are. All right. What are we going to talk about next, Ron? What? What are we going to talk about next? That song is driving me nuts. I can't think of the name of it. What song? Uh, it's Island Island Call. Island Calls. That's it. Yes. Oh my God. It's the rugby anthem. <laughs> what is it, uh, Jackie? It's the rugby anthem. So, so we sing that at the home. Uh, at, no, we sing that at all of the rugby matches of the Irish rugby team because the Irish rugby team, unlike the Irish soccer team, actually has members from the Ulster rugby team. So ah. in the interest of a, 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 an all-island anthem, um, a composer called Phil Coulter, who's very famous in Ireland, and you've probably heard of him in America as well. Phil Coulter composed yes. Ireland's Call. Um, now, when we play rugby in Dublin, we sing Aaron Navian, which is the national anthem of the Republic. Uh, okay. And then we uh, sing Ireland's Call as well. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Ireland's okay. Call. Uh, but don't worry, no, only pe- people only know the chorus. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they, they always end the show with that. Like I said, they put their kilts on and they put the uh, a, and that big Irish flag in the background and they, and they sing that. Why they put the kilt on? They wear black kilts. Ah, yeah, plaid, yeah. Yeah, they're not they're not plaid. They're black kilts. Oh, okay, okay, well, works for me. Okay, yeah. we're not big kilt wearers in Ireland. It'd be I, know, I, I know, I know, I know, but this is evidently it's whatever it is. That's that's that's, oh, okay. they, that's what they do. They they're they're a great group. They they uh, they sing so many great you know uh, you know Danny Boy of course, but yeah. uh, so many of the the great songs from Ireland and. Uh, and they do some modern stuff too. They throw in there too. It's, but they're great. Catch them if, if you ever. I mean, go online. You can. You can. Uh, I'm sure you can hear something from yeah. them on too. But anyways, so 
with say with uh, St. Patrick's Day coming up, uh, I asked uh, Jackie if she knew anything about leprechauns, and uh. Uh, she said that they're no longer allowed in in Ireland. Is that right? What? The prime minister is deporting them all, I believe. He's sending them. He's building a wall or something. I don't know. I <laughs> it'll be it'll be next to impossible to deport every leprechaun that's to be seen <laughs> at the St. Patrick's Day parades or in the various establishments that uh, will be open in Ireland on St. Patrick's Day. It'll be impossible. There's not enough guardy for to get rid of the leprechauns in Ireland. So there is. Um, no, I was just looking up there's only leprechauns are very much in vogue at the minute um, but mostly for the for the benefit of children so in the folk tradition there's only really one one story of of the leprechaun in ireland and that's where um somebody manages to catch a leprechaun and the tradition is that if you can keep the leprechaun, if you can keep your eyes fixed on the leprechaun um, and he's looking at you, he must then grant you his th- the three wishes uh, and tell you where his gold is. I was going to say, what about the gold, right? Okay. He's a wily, a very wily, small little person. Um, and often the leprechaun then is accompanied by some sort of a large beast that quickly pursues the person who has them, which causes them to take their eyes from the leprechaun and lo and behold, he's gone. Uh-huh. No gold. Vamonos. Goodbye, uh-huh. leprechaun. Ne'er to be seen again. Uh, <laughs> but leprechauns traditionally would have worn red and a tricorn hat. So the green, the green with the red beard is kind of a new thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it is. Although when I googled art for St Patrick's Day, uh, the green hat and the and the orange beard is everywhere. No mention of of red. So what do you what, what do you use in Ireland? Do you use the the green hat? And the... Yep, we yep. do the green hat, the orange hair, the orange <laughs> beard, <laughs> the black shoes, uh, ah. the stripy. Yeah, so he's a bit like an elf on a shelf, only green. Oh, ah, go. oh, no, no. So over here, um, and my daughter insists that we used to do this and we never did this. The leprechauns would leave gold coins in your shoes. Yeah. That's, I had never heard of that. And my, my daughter's 23 now and she's like, yeah, you know, we were supposed to get gold coins in our shoes. And I'm like, well, I never knew about that legend. So I, I don't know what's behind that. Um. I would say it's probably some sort of innovative money-making scheme. Mm-hmm. Sort, of like, sort of like the Tooth Fairy? The Tooth Fairy, yeah. Possibly. Possibly. Like, it probably links to the crocker goal. Like even even when I, I'm driving home and I see a rainbow and you go, somewhere over there is the crock of gold. <laughs> but you know full well you're never well, going to. Well, it's a crotch for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I suppose like the tradition was that you had the, he had to tell you where his crock of gold was, and I suppose it's not too much of a leap of the imagination then for coins to go into shoes yeah. um, as part of the crock of gold. That you know that wouldn't be too much of a stretch of of I any. Think, yeah. I think they made it up at school. I honestly, 
I'm like, Alexis, I don't know what you are talking about. We never, ever did that. No, Mom. No, Mom. I remember. I'm like, I wasn't at this house. Whoa. I can't help you. It's a great way that tradition is alive and is evolving and mm-hmm. changing. So, you know, it, it's a bit like over here, fairy doors are incredibly popular. unbelievably popular fairies have made a great resurgence here here, thanks to the fairy doors and every tourist attraction every nearly every house will have a fairy walk in it a fairy door in it Uh, yeah it's crackers and the fairy doors are like you could pay 20 euro for a fairy door which is probably too much. Six or seven centimeters high, and, and it's painted, and you just stick it onto your wall, uh-huh. and the fairies go in and out through it. It's like uh-huh. it's like Elf on a Shelf gone mad. Yeah. <laughs> we have actually we have fairy houses here. We people build fairy houses for their gardens, and uh, it's supposed to bring the fairies in, and uh, you know, bring you good luck and everything. Yep, that's it. But like the uh, the tradition then is still alive, and it's uh, yeah. But I I I don't know if I remember if I said it to you before now. There was something here two years ago where, or something you know that that time where there was a teacher in a secondary school, and I can't remember where in Ireland, but she was very dismissive of the Queen of the Fairies. And these secondary school teachers, so uh, secondary school children, so like 12, 13, 14 year olds, something Mm. like that age, went on strike until (laughs) the teacher apologized for dissing the queen of the fairies. All right. As well they should. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But from a folklore perspective, it's keeping the tradition very much alive. Um, And Ron, you were telling me while we were talking before now about um, a man who had found a leprechaun skeleton and leprechaun clothes in, it's in Carlingford. So um, it's about three quarters the way up the east coast of Ireland in County Loud. So the last county before you go into Northern Ireland, County Loud. Um, But that man apparently and a friend of his were in contact with the fairies. And apparently in the 1980s, there were 236 fairies still living in this um, forest reserve, which had, which was given EU protection status. I was just going to add, tell you that. My yes, goodness. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I was looking at the picture, the signpost for, for it, uh, and it says to protect all flora and fauna and um, leprechauns. Officially <laughs> recognized by the EU. How can you do yeah. that? Yeah. So it, it must be true. So there is this pub that has the leprechaun skeleton in it, and you can go and see this thing. Apparently, yes. Yeah, yeah. and uh, now at one account I was reading where it said that the skeleton had actually disintegrated in dust a, a couple of moments after it had been found, which is oh. um, convenient, possibly. Uh, but the clothes were still there and four coins that were found with the leprechaun. Uh. Right, there's actually a picture of it on the, somewhere, right, on the internet, I believe. 
Yeah, no, I saw it as well. Actually, you could yeah. you could just search for it, um, and the photographs were there. It was not yeah, it was a curious shaped skeleton. All right, an anthropologist, I'm sure, would have some um, idea, better idea on it. But look at it; it works from a tourism perspective. I'm sure it does. <laughs> you sound a little cynical, uh, Jackie. I'm, I'm not sure. I, <laughs> no, I don't. I no. I, I, the one thing we are very good at in Ireland, I think. Sorry to make a sweeping generalisation, um, <laughs> is to is to seek potential in any in any avenue. There you go. There you go. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, yes. So yeah, I, yeah. Actually, I, and I was looking up. There was trip. There's um. There was a leprechaun and fairies visitor center. Oh, there you go. It had TripAdvisor reviews and everything, so it, it seemed to be very popular. So, if people would like to travel to go and look at leprechauns and fairies, there you go. Well, then that's good to know it's on Yelp, so we know where to go. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so, do the leprechauns and the fairies like hang together? Are they at odds? Are they friends? What's the relationship there? Oh, good question. Yeah, well, it's it is suggested though that the that the leprechaun could have been the shoemaker to the fairies. Oh. Um, right. Suggestions either that the leprechauns were underwater beings, so. Um, could have been either. Um, they don't really hang around together hugely, um, despite despite comparable size. Um, but no concrete accounts that that um, the leprechaun was um, to the shoemaker. Of course, the story we all know about the elves. So it would be very similar than the elf. The, the story of the elf and the shoemaker right. would be interchangeable with the leprechaun and the shoemaker. So uh, makes sense. All right, and, and that would be the same then with any any stories that have come up about the leprechaun. A prosperity will always come to the person who treats them kindly, but as soon as that becomes public or there's a change to that, all that wealth and that prosperity immediately disappears. Oh, so there's always a catch. Yes. Yeah. Yes, there is. Uh, I believe we also have another question in the chat room from Karen in Washington. Oh, let's see. Um, she's talked. She says on St. Patrick's, the one about the potatoes, Ron. Yes, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, she, so Karen says when St. Patrick's Day falls on a school day, she leaves small potatoes on the work areas of her friends, and they always want to know why I leave a potato. Mm-hmm. I just assumed because Ireland potatoes. So is that her own thing? There's no tradition in Ireland, is it? Not that I can think of. And why would it be when it happens on a school day? Because she's uh, a school teacher. Because she's a school teacher. All right, okay. Right. And, but does she do that then at home in her own house if it was a Saturday or a Sunday? I have I'm, no clue. I'm curious to know. Well, maybe she has, you know, what's the kids play with Mr. Potato Head or something. I, I think she was just being funny. That's all. I don't uh, think it's a question. <laughs> well, she mentioned it, so I was just curious if, right. if that if there was any association. Uh, she says no; it's just a silly thing that she does. Yeah, see, it's just a silly thing in the chat room. See, so she started a new new uh, a tradition. New tradition. tradition. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Instead of gold coins, we can put potatoes. It's a yeah. lot cheaper. 
<laughs> it is cheaper. But yes. so did she, I, so I'm curious now, did she start that tradition? Did she just get a notion herself or did she see somebody else doing it? Yeah, that's what I was curious about. That's yeah. why I asked you about it. Uh, so we'll have to ask her that and we just did. Uh, did you start it yourself or did you see someone else do it? So there's the question from our guest. It's a bit like when you put your hand up at magpies, uh, one magpie, because somebody's told you that one magpie brings bad luck unless you put your hand up at it. Oh, wait, 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 wait. you got to explain that whole oh, thing. I, don't think I, I, heard, I haven't heard that. <laughs> what's, what's this? Oh, all right, okay. So in parts of Ireland, and, and in parts of Ireland, there's a, there's a, there are various rhymes for magpies. So you know what a magpie is? It's a bit like a crow, but it's black and white. Right. Yeah, okay. Um, so magpies. So it could be one for sorrow, two for joy, three for a girl, four for a boy, five for silver, six for gold, seven for a tale never to be told. Or it could be one for bad luck, two for good. This one's a bit more morbid. One for bad luck, two for good, three for a burial, four, three for a wedding, four for a funeral, five for silver, six for gold, seven for a tale never to be told. So um, sometimes when when you'd meet one magpie you'd put your you'd wave at him and you'd mm. go hello mr magpie but i only do that because somebody told me that they do it and then i thought i better do that actually just in case there's just something case, right yes yeah so i wouldn't have known to put my hand up at one magpies unless somebody told me to put my hand up at one magpies mm-hmm. so i'm just wondering is the potatoes thing just like that, that somebody said, and she thought, oh, that's a cool idea. I must try that myself. She said she just she just made it up herself. Oh. She said it's the idea that they don't know about the potato famine. Oh, potato so that's, famine. That's where that came from. Caused by the leprechauns, I'm sure. <laughs> that the, hold on, here's my silly question. That the leprechauns don't know about the potato famine or that the children don't know about the potato the famine? Teachers. I presume it's the children. The children. I, I think it's the teachers. Because she leaves the potatoes on the the work areas of her friends. Oh, the teachers. Yeah. The teachers don't know about potato picking. That's pretty sad then. Because oh. yeah. that's, that's, that's how Boston got populated. That's how all teachers work. They take some small, strange, obscure hook uh, to find a moral lesson in. Bless you. Oh, my goodness. Bless you. <laughs> Everybody's blessing you, Janet. By hook and by crook. By hook and by crook. We'll give you the Irish blessing if you sneeze. It's called Dia. You say Dia Lynn. God be with you, Dia Lynn. Dia Lynn. Okay. There you go. There you go. Dia Lynn. <laughs> See if I can remember that. Dia Lynn. Probably not. Yeah. <clears throat> write it down. Then you just write it on your hand, right? Did you want me to spell it for you instead of <laughs> No, 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 no. Actually, when our, our good friend Steve Parsons came over here. Uh, two years ago, I believe it was. So uh, he brought a bunch of uh, little cards with the uh, Irish blessing on it, uh, which was nice. And oh, I still have those. Much. Yeah, those are nice. Yeah. But uh, I actually have the opportunity to go to Ireland this summer if I want. You're, yeah, I got, co- you're coming this year? Uh, well, no, because I probably don't have the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. I'm like, hey, you can't go because I can't go because I don't have any money. Yeah, the church is actually <laughs> going over there. They're, they're, uh, they're heading up uh, Father uh, Blarney and uh, another priest. Uh, Father Blarney? Are you kidding? What's his name? Blaney, Janet? Blaney. 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 Oh. <laughs> I always call him Blarney. So. Blarney. 
Yeah. What right. Else? And what part is he going to? It's it's a whole thing. Uh, I could tell you the whole itinerary. You, you're there for like ten days, and it's, right. they visit all all the different places. So, what do you know about that that Blonnie Stone? Speaking about Blonnie. Um. Is you that an Irish bend, thing? You have to bend backwards over and kiss it. Yeah, you, you have, have to, to kiss lean it. backwards. What the hell do you do that for? So you get like lit rod or something. <laughs> you see, I I I'm not the greatest with heights. So yeah, the whole concept of leaning backwards over a large high castle doesn't nope. float my castle. Nope. Nope. No. Whole lot of nope. 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 Plus nope. lots of germs. So no. Yeah, that's gross. Like what do you, to bring your your antibacterial wipes or what? Wow. Can I wipe the Blarney Stone off with that? It's it's a Blarney Stone. You can't get anything from a Blarney Stone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll know. squirt it with whiskey first. There it might give you the gift of the gab. I, I have to say, I've, I I have a mug that says Little Miss Little Miss Chatterbox on it, so I I can't think I have a need to go there. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. <laughs> so. So tell me, very popular. Tell me an Irish tale I don't know. Um, anyone? Um, when I was doing my final year essay, it was on funeral customs. Now you're going to ask me weird questions. Funeral customs. Um, but there was a there was a story actually a, a, from a family. And no, it was funeral customs in Wexford. So it, there was a story of a family where one of the workmen had died on the farm mm-hmm. and they were waking him for the three days. W, yeah, waking, W-A-K-I-N-G. Waking yep. is where yep. you leave the body yep. in the house for people we to come that. and pay We don't live in the house yeah. now, but that's fine. Yeah. So, but they waked him out in the shed. Uh-huh. So, and so the work could continue through the day. They would, on a set of pulleys, they would hoist him up to the top of the shed <laughs> and let him back down again at night. Oh, that's, so nice. that's the only one that popped into my head. There, that that's, one, I like that one. Know. that's great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. We have... Um, down in the in Wexford, we do um, well. It's 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 a tradition that's kind of dying out now, but it's called mumming, oh. and it's a bit like if you're familiar with Morris dancers in from England, you know the guys with the bells on their legs that hop and oh, dance. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, so we always see like, those on Midsummer's Murders. Yeah, the Morris dances. Yes, yes, that's it. Now, but so our set of mummers, there will be twelve on a set, and we'd actually dance. So you would do a jig and a reel, and but you would have a stick, a bit like a hurl. You know the the game of hurling. Yes, hurling. Yeah, yes. With the sticks. Well, we'd have it made from an ash tree. So we would have had. We'd have a, a an ash stick it's about a foot 12 inches 30 centimeters long and you would strike the person opposite you in to the rhythm of the the jig or the reel um but it's unique to in this form it's unique to ireland um but each dancer would represent 12 patriots so it might be patrick sarsfield or for us in wexford it'd be father murphy of 1798 fame or um, Column Kill is there as well. So 12 Patriots. So it's a tradition that's uh, unique to Wexford. So hopefully your parish priest might venture 
past the Blarney Stone and come and see all the other stuff that's not so well known, but really incredibly interesting. Yeah, I, I'm sure they're going to go to most uh, a lot of the religious shrines and stuff. There, I, I know the itinerary, but I, I I don't know it. I mean, I I have seen it, but uh, yeah, it's it was intriguing. But anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, so that's what those dances were, huh? That's cool. I should give you before you go. I should give you now the um, the 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 welcome or how you would wish somebody a happy St. Patrick's Day. Okay. Oh, yeah. You're going so. to the summer, I won't need it. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I, can barely, I can barely remember the last thing. Is something Lee Lynn whatever something? Vanity Fela Podrick Dit. Oh my goodness. Vanity Fela Podrick Dit. Fela Podrick is the festival of Patrick. Podrick is Patrick. Bannock T is blessings. Bannock T, Fela Podrick Dit to you. Bannock T, Fela Podrick Dit. Yeah. I can't even remember the God bless you one. Diagrit. You have to message me that when I have no clue. Diagrit. All right. So, Bannock T, Fela Podrick Dit. Yeah, Podrick. Pod, Podrick. Podrick. Yeah. My so son when is. Write, when we write Patrick, we write P, A, and what we call a father, which is above the A, is a little line that's on the diagonal that goes bottom left to top right, if that makes sense. Podrick. And Podrick. the father lengthens the vowel. So okay. That will give you a crash course on how to read Irish. If you see uh, that little father, uh, it's, it's called uh, father. It's it lengthens the vowel. So, Podrick. Right. I'll start calling my son Podrick. Do. He's, 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 he's Patrick. He's yeah, Patrick. he'll love you for it. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Podrick. Podrick. Tifela Podrick Dit. Dit to you. Yeah, Dit to you. Dit. Yeah. All right. I got Anyways, it. the doorbell ring, that's mean they're coming to take the body away, so uh, we've got to wrap it up here in uh, Irish wake and anyway <laughs> we're going to put that body right up to the ceiling you're going to raise them up and uh, get back to work that image is not going to leave you for a while I'm sure no, I love it, absolutely love it and uh, yeah uh, I may include that in my new book so there you go oh, well I'll send you more details on it then if you want the full account of it and, that's, and now for the rest of the story yes <laughs> So, Jackie, we want to thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure talking to you. And, and uh, just listening to your accent alone is worth the hour. It is. I know. Yeah, it's my, awesome. My bogger Wexford accent. I love and, it. And you know what it is, Jackie, too? It's like uh, when any of these Brits come over or anybody with a foreign accent over here, all the women just go crazy over it. And so I'm just, like, so sick of it. So it's so nice to have a a nice female accent so that I can uh, fantasize on it. So thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Rod, and Anne as well. Bless oh, you. Oh, I go crazy over her accent. I don't care if they're male or female. So they Oh, good for you then. Yeah. That's work. So it's it, it, over here at some stage. <laughs> yes. Anything you'd like to uh, say before we say goodbye? 
If you want loads of folklore stories from Ireland, I'll give you a really cool website, www.duchas.ie. It's our national folklore collection from the schools digitized. It's cool. Oh. And did you get that? No, www.duchas.ie. I.E. All right. Look look read it back one more time. Photographs. W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-W-